Good afternoon and welcome to Looking Up, my dear friends, wherever you are listening from on this spectacular cloudy day. <laughs> if it's not delicious, it's spectacular. <laughs> it's spectacular and just wonderful. It's a great day here in um, uh, Wall's End, just outside of Newcastle, where we are delivering this uh, very special program looking up and um, I just want to welcome each and every one of you. My name is Danny and I'm here with my co-host and good friend Sharissa. Welcome Sharissa. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> so, um, And we've got our wonderful producer Shell and a uh, big congrats to her. There was a job opening for who was going to be um, the producer at Faith FM here at the Walls End Studio, the uh-huh. all-important Walls End Studio, and she happened to get the job. Isn't that fantastic? Amen. That's the best news I've heard today. That's actually. the best news. So, um, <laughs> no, so, so we can conclude with that point, and um, that's the end of our show. <laughs> no, 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 not quite. So we're really happy that Shell is um, in the driver's seat, and yeah, she's a fantastic, a fantastic. Um, producer and she keeps us on track which is wonderful well keeps me on track you you already keep yourself on track <laughs> Charissa but she keeps me on track she so keeps us all. <laughs> anyway so um yeah so wherever you are listening from um somewhere close by or around the country or who knows even around the world mm. um because we also have uh people listening far and wide uh they connect with us uh, via via the website of course and so if you are interested in connecting with us as far as um, any questions, any prayer requests or any comments, um, I'll give you the phone numbers. They are 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text us your question or comment or prayer request on 0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. Nine. So how's your week been thus far? My week has been really busy thus far, and that's simply because um, I'm organising part of an organising team for a prayer camp that's happening at Stewart's Point, which is near Kempsey, this weekend. Fantastic. And so, there are there are places still available? Are. If someone wants to come, you can still come. You just have to go to nnsw.adventist.org.au and you can go there to the I Will Pray Camp spot and you will see all the details. Fantastic. That's fantastic. So, folk, if you would like to jump on board, um, it's this weekend. You are more than welcome. So go to the website. And um, and you can you can log in and book in. And my week, yeah, it was a fantastic week. Um, praise the Lord for it so far. And I survived Valentine's Day. <laughs> my wife survived Valentine's Day, and we'll talk a little bit about that Amen. after this beautiful song. So sit back and listen to Carly Fletcher teach us to number our days. We do not know how long we have to live our lives on this earth. Our lives may be 70 years, if by reason of strength, maybe 80. Just to know 
Welcome back to Looking Up, and I hope you enjoyed that beautiful song from Carly Fletcher, Teach Us to Number Our Days. And Sharissa, indeed, the days are numbered for this sin sick planet. Um, I am more and more convinced of that every day. What about you? Yes, amen. There's there's not (laughs) much time. There's not much time left on the clock. There's not much time left on the clock, indeed. Um, I didn't ask. Shell to come up with that song as an opening song, but she hit the nail right on the head because um, in this segment Mm -hmm. of Looking Up, uh, we look at what's taking place in the world from a prophetic point of view. Mm -hmm. And uh, when it comes to numbering our days, I... I'm I'm always interested each year at the end of January when the bulletin of atomic scientists, these are some world-renowned scientists um, that have come up with this metaphor called the doomsday clock. Have you heard of the doomsday clock? I have heard of that. Yeah. It's getting closer and closer to midnight. Exactly. And midnight is is the apocalypse, according to these scientists. And uh, as part of their, their board of management or those that push the clock forward, Closer to midnight or further away, there are fifteen Nobel laureates. Hmm. So these are these are like the who's who of the science world. And so, based on what's going on in the world, um, in the area of um, the climate, uh, nuclear proliferation, um, as well as um, other technologies and and so forth that are harmful, potentially harmful, cyber warfare, and there's a whole bunch of other things. Uh, they either push the the minute hand closer to midnight or further away from midnight. Hmm. And uh, the doomsday clock first uh, was initiated back in 1947, two years after World War II ended. And it was designed to be a wake-up call for the world so that we would never, ever go back to another war. Because the fear was World War III would be the end of all things because, um, you know, the technology was growing. And so, I mean, the devastation from World War I was horrific. Mm. There were 15 million that were killed in World War I, but in World War II, that number quadrupled. Mm. So they're thinking if we have another war in 50, 60 years' time, could be the end of us. So anyway, that was a, a metaphor clock. And uh, so, yeah, it started off in 1947. It's been going up and down. And since 1991, when it was 17 minutes to midnight, it's been going down, only in one direction since 1991. Down as in getting closer to midnight? As in going, getting closer to midnight, exactly, getting closer to midnight. And um, so do you know how close to midnight it is? Tell us the time. All right, here we go. (laughs) Drum roll. (laughs) It is now 100 seconds to midnight. Wow, the closest it's ever been to midnight. Wow. Yeah. So there was, um, it was two minutes to midnight back in 2019. Mm-hmm. Then last year, at the beginning of last year, so they updated every year at the end of January, at the last year, at the beginning of January, before COVID really kicked in, uh, they brought it down to 100 seconds to midnight from two minutes. And this year they have left it at 100 seconds to midnight. And so, um, yeah, our days are numbered. Mm. Definitely so. You know, you know what's interesting to me, um, Sharissa. I'm not even sure if they're really aware of this metaphor that they're using, but midnight is K 
coming out of Matthew 25, verse 6, where Jesus, in the parable of the ten virgins, he says, at midnight... The bridegroom comes. The cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him at Mm -hmm. midnight. Mm -hmm. And so that's really fascinating to me that they are using this uh, biblical metaphor that Jesus used in the parable of the ten virgins in connection with his coming uh, to describe, you know, but the good news is, the good news is, from a Christian point of view, from a biblical point of view, we don't have, we don't have to fear a nuclear holocaust. We don't have to fear man destroying this planet. That's right. Because Jesus said he will come at midnight. So that's the good news. That is the best news. So that's why we've got to keep looking up. Amen. Yes, for sure. <laughs> so we've got to keep looking up. So so apart from that, that that obviously happened a few weeks ago. I haven't had a chance to mention it. Um, that was at the end of January. So mm-hmm. what, what are some things that have been taking place, uh, I guess, in the last week or so from a prophetic point of view that you feel are significant? From a prophetic point of view, I guess there's a lot happening right now in regards to the vaccine. People are talking about that. Um, What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are that I try and avoid needles as much as possible. (laughs) I think that's a good way of looking at it. I'm not a big fan of I mean, I've had a COVID test. Yeah, me too. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, so, um, and that was very unpleasant. I don't know how you found it, but it <laughs> yeah, was very unpleasant. Like stick it all the way up your nose and touch your brain, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, uh, well, there wasn't a brain for them to touch, <laughs> so they just kept searching and searching. <laughs> I'm like, there's nothing up there. You won't find anything. You can stop now. <laughs> So anyway, um, but no, look, uh, I think I think I made the mistake, Sharissa, when she asked me, what do you do? Uh-huh. I told her I'm a church minister. I'm not sure if she really liked church <laughs> ministers. So I, I noticed she went and she found the biggest um, needle, well, not needle, but what do you call those um, yeah, swab earbuds, thing. swab things? Yeah, I think she found the biggest one, <laughs> the longest one. And um, yeah. yeah, I told her to stop when we could see it coming out of my ear. <laughs> Anyway, I think that's probably enough for that. Um, but no, seriously, um, when it comes to the vaccine, look, I'm yeah, I I try and remain healthy as far as um, I try and do you know all the things that God has given us in His Word. You know the eight laws of health, which mm-hmm. we've talked about in the past. You know, your exercise, your fresh air, sunshine, good food. Um, you know. Trust in divine power, sunlight, da 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 da, all that. So I try and do that. So I try and keep away from the doctors as much as possible. I try and, you know, um, not take up their time because they're busy with other people. And so, yeah, I, I won't be at the front of the queue when the vaccine is handed out, but it is a tricky one because you do have, you know, we've got this dilemma now in the world where you have. Uh, you have economies um, imploding. Uh, you have you have mental health issues on the rise. I mean, alcohol yeah. consumption last year Australia broke the record mm. for the most um, alcohol purchased in one year in no Australia. Way. Yep, we broke the record. Wow. <laughs> 2020, 15 billion dollars worth of alcohol. That's sad. So you so you think of the side effects yeah. at home yep. on health yep. in society. So yeah, um, what do you do? What do you do? Are you in between a rock and a hard place? What about you? You, What are your thoughts on the vaccine? Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of needles either, and it seems kind of, I don't know about making everybody get it. If they like, It should be a matter of choice, that's mm. what I think. But, um, yeah, I'm not too happy when I heard just recently that we might have to get it in order to travel interstate in our own country. Wow, interstate. Yeah, like wow. I, I have family in Queensland, for yeah. example. I can't see them unless I get it, which, yeah, that's just, it's a new era mm. and uh, definitely a restriction on 
on your personal choices there. But yeah, yeah, we'll see. I know there's some demonstrations, I believe, in, over the weekend that people are going to say that it should be a choice thing. Okay. Well, there was a petition or yeah. is a petition that's circulating, I yeah. think, that wants to be, you know, um, handed into, you know, the government for the government to, uh, I guess, promise through legislation that uh, it won't be mandatory. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see how, how that all pans out. It is... I mean, it is a really, really difficult one. It's a, it's a very, very difficult one in that, you know, the vaccine hasn't been tested yeah. in the way that vaccines are normally tested. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been told, you know, five to ten years is is the time necessary before a vaccine is rolled out, you know, with all the testing. But, I mean, we've, we've done it in ten months mm-hmm. um, or so. And so, yeah... Yeah, so when it's a people, one. some people might think it's like the mark of the beast. What yeah. would you say to that? Well, we we will cover that that subject indeed regarding you know the mark of the beast, seal of God. Uh, there are many people that believe that yes, um, this either could be it, the vaccine could be the mark of the beast. Some people think it is. And I guess they think um, it because it's going to restrict people. Exactly. Because things. in Revelation 13, it does say that yeah. you will not be able to buy or sell mm-hmm. unless you have the mark of the beast. So there'll be economic implications. However, we know that it isn't mm-hmm. the mark of the beast because the mark of the beast is connected with worship. It's connected with allegiance. So if the vaccine was connected with worship, Mm -hmm. well, then we need to look very carefully and there's a good possibility it could very well be. So the mark of the beast is very much connected with worship. Now, whether whether the vaccine is is part of, you know, is part of the, the road toward the mark of the beast, which is connected to worship, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, yeah, it's interesting that um, there are there are a number of you know parallels between what they are saying with the vaccine and the mark of the beast. In that, if you don't receive the vaccine, you will potentially um, you know be prohibited from going places and so on and so forth. So, yeah, so. But I guess at the end of the day, we'll just have to wait and see mm-hmm. um, how that all pans out. But like I said, I'm not keen on needles. But <laughs> I oh. certainly hope it's successful. <laughs> yeah. Well, look. <laughs> well, look. I mean, the the world, uh, the world, um, the way it is currently um, is is in it's in a real mess. It is. You know, economically, like Australia, we have been you know we've we've been sheltered by and large. Mm-hmm. Australia, New Zealand, mm-hmm. but you look at what's been happening in the U.S. and in Europe, in particular, um, South Africa. They have been ravaged. Um, their their economies, uh, their society, people are dying left, yeah. right, and centre. It's horrendous. Mm. We're very blessed. Yes, we are. We are. But you know what? Um, someone uh, like I don't know. If you, do you get do you get people sending you stuff like emails and yeah, yeah. watch this and watch yeah. that? Uh, I had I had one individual send me something, but he also shared a scripture from Mark chapter six. And at the end of Mark chapter six, there Jesus says to his disciples, "Go and preach the gospel mm-hmm. to the whole world." And then he gives them a promise. You know, if you are bitten by snakes, you know they won't harm you. And um, if someone gives you poison, uh, it, it won't kill you, I'll protect you, and so on and so forth. And and I took a lot of courage from that, knowing that, 
you know, our, our life is in God's hands. That's right. And um, if, if I need to get the vaccine, I need to get the vaccine to, to go about my work, um, visit family and so on and so forth and, and for the potential health um, benefits. So, but, or if there are some adverse side effects, well, my life is in God's hands. I think of Daniel and his friends, mm. you know, I mean, they weren't, they weren't getting the vaccine. They were getting thrown in the fiery furnace. Uh, we yeah. talked about that last week and their simple response response was, hey, our God that we serve, he can deliver us if he so chooses. If not, that's okay. We're going to continue to serve our God. So if this vaccine, if I happen to take the vaccine um, and it has negative side effects on me, on my physical body, so be it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My life is in God's hands. The, the vaccine is not the be all and end all. That's not going to determine my eternal destiny. Amen. So, um, yeah, so anything else? You, you had something you yeah. wanted to share with me, something that was I near just, and dear on your heart. All right, off you go, off you go. It's not near and dear, but This is way out left field. <laughs> now, if I, I did not come up with this. Yeah. This was Charissa's. <laughs> I, I take no credit but for I this. I just thought you'd all be interested to know this. <laughs> this is crazy. In an article released on Valentine's Day, the Daily Wire put out this news headline and there's an article that follows. And this is a headline. It says, Oregon promotes program focused on, quote, dismantling racism in mathematics it says finding the right answer is a sign of white supremacy well i knew that all along (laughs) (laughs) i just read the article and i was like wow i mean i don't believe it's true but you know if this had been the mindset of people when i was in high school i could have done really well in maths (laughs) and you know what you could have used that as a legitimate excuse for why you did poorly (laughs) yeah i just couldn't believe it this thing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to think that maths, like one plus one equals two, that could be considered racism. White supremacy. Because like, I say that's Wow, that's, yeah. it's amazing. Do you know what, folk? Um, we are living in strange and unusual times. Um, everything around us has been tipped upside down. Um, the Bible says it coming, there's coming a time when they're going to say that black is white and white is black, that night is, is day and day is night, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I believe we're coming to that point where – you know, moral absolutes are now, you know, they're, they're, they're not only out the window, they're non-existent almost in many areas of life. So, so true. yeah, we, we have, um, yeah, a convergence, I call it, a convergence of uh, prophetic events taking place before us. And in the coming weeks, we are going to be unpacking a lot more on that. You know, we've briefly just mentioned the mark of the beast. You may be thinking if you're listening, okay, if the vaccine isn't the mark of the beast, then what is? Mm -hmm. And so we will look at that, Sharissa, Mm -hmm. because that's an important subject. As we go along in the book of Daniel, we have been going through the book of Daniel this year. We started at the beginning of this new year. And so we're going to continue with the book of Daniel and we're going to be picking up on a lot of, if not all of these important themes when it comes to preparing for the coming of Jesus. So so that's about all we want to share. There's a whole heap more that has taken place and is taking place, but we want to now um, go to some music and then we're going to go to the news after that and come back for our next segment. See the bride and the spirit are one And won't you who are thirsty invite him to
guess are gone Guests who would not their own wedding garment put on Though the chosen are few Won't you tarry by your lamp till he calls for you Highway to New Start Juice at 45 William Street, Raymond Terrace. Grab yourself a fresh, healthy juice or smoothie and check out the op shop while you wait. And remember, every day is a fresh new start. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. exactly what to do when your husband had a heart attack last week. Well, I was lucky that I had the right books with life-saving information at the right time. What books are they? Family Medical Care by Dr. James Wright. Wow, where did you get them from? I got them through my friend Lucena. How can I get them? 
Just ring Lucena on 1800 Why me, Lord? What have I ever done to deserve even one of the pleasures I've known? Tell me, Lord, what did I ever do that was worth loving you or the kindness you've shown? Welcome back to Looking Up, wherever you are listening from. You 
we want to give you a big warm welcome on this edition of Looking Up here in February, February 17, today I think it is, if I remember correctly. It is. Yeah, Valentine's Day was three days ago. And uh, did Justin do something special for you <laughs> on Valentine's Day? He did, actually. We put roof racks on our car and went kayaking. Oh, how exciting. Yeah. That is very Where'd you go kayaking? Um, we went Dora Creek, which is actually quite a big creek. Oh, wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Good old Dora Creek, eh? What about you? Did you? Me? Um, yeah, well, we... <laughs> Um, we, we, we're running late for our Bible study, Sharissa, so I think we should get into our Bible study rather than worrying about what I did on Valentine's Day. <laughs> no. Um, no, we, um, we went out to dinner uh, in the evening, and uh, before that I played a bit of tennis um, with my Valentine's friend. Um, <laughs> My tennis partner. Was it your wife? <laughs> no, it wasn't my wife. <laughs> your Valentine's friend. Yeah. Do you have a problem with that? Uh, you can, yeah, he was my well, Valentine's Day tennis so partner. So long your Valentine was okay <laughs> with, with your friend. <laughs> and, then, and then I went visiting a nursing home yesterday. And uh, the 90-year-old, actually, she's 89 years old, she gave me a Valentine's Day card. Oh, that's A lovely sweet. lady, Jean. So my wife never gave me one, but she <laughs> did. So I felt really good. It was, like, very special from her. <laughs> so I'm keeping that. So from my dear 89-year-old Valentine. There you go. There you go. So, um, yeah, so that was Valentine's Day. I hope you folk had a, a lovely Valentine's Day. Uh and if not, there's always next year, hopefully, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if the doomsday clock doesn't tick to midnight and, <laughs> and they cancel Valentine's Day. About 100 seconds. Yeah, from 100 seconds. Yeah, they'll, they'll maybe get down to 60 seconds. All right. So if you would like to um, contact us, um, if you have a prayer request, any comments, questions, our numbers are 1-800-324-843 or 491 064 Double six nine. As well, if you want to catch up on some of the previous podcasts, we are going through the book of Daniel today. We are looking at Daniel chapter 4. It's an amazing chapter and we're going to be going through that uh, together. But if you'd like to catch up on the previous three chapters or on the previous program since we started at the big, uh, last year in about May, feel free to go to the Faith FM website, which is faithfm.com.au. Go to the podcast section there and uh, look for Looking Up, and uh, you will find all the previous programs there that you can listen to. So that is all I have. And just a reminder, at the end of our program, we have a giveaway. Once again, as we always do, just to do help you. Do we know you, what it is? We will find out. In due course, <laughs> Shell, our producer, will let us know what it is. Uh, she always comes up with just the perfect giveaway for our program so shell will look after that and we will let you know but it will be really good and that's at the end of the program so we'll give you the details um when you can call up at the end so shell not shell sharissa (laughs) sharissa and shell how did that work out (laughs) yes danny (laughs) i think it's time for us to begin our bible study amen and uh i hope you have your bibles with you and if you don't, if you're maybe driving in the car, just uh, you'll, I'm sure, enjoy listening in as we, as we journey through this incredible chapter of, of, I guess, a testimony, an incredible testimony from an ancient king. 
who had an amazing experience with God. So that's what we're going to be looking at today. But before we do that, Sharissa, how would you like to lead us in prayer? Sure. Our loving Father in heaven, thank you so much for your word and thank you for the opportunity we have to study together now. We pray your Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us and help us to learn more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we're going to start off right at the beginning of the chapter and Sharissa, you have got a lovely voice for (laughs) reading and I'm going to invite you if you'd like to read verses 1 to 3 and then we're going to unpack it as we go along. All right. Here it goes. uh, Not Revelation. Daniel chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. Nebuchadnezzar the king, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. How great are His signs and how mighty His wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and His dominion is from generation to generation. Wow. What a way to begin. So this is King Nebuchadnezzar, and uh, we have come across King Nebuchadnezzar in the very first chapter of Daniel. Now, just in case you're not familiar with the book of Daniel, in Daniel chapter 1, we have Daniel and his three friends. They are taken uh, captive by King Nebuchadnezzar and his army from their city of Jerusalem, and they are marched some 1,500 kilometers to Babylon, And there they uh, become part of the king's wise men. And Daniel and his friends are exposed to uh, the Babylonian ways of life and they make a stand at the very beginning that they would purpose in their hearts that they would be faithful to God. They would not defile themselves with anything that uh, compromises their faith in their God that they serve. And so in Daniel chapter 1, we have Daniel and his friends uh, rising to the top because of their faithfulness in God. And we've looked at that in the past. And in Daniel chapter 2, tell us what happens in Daniel chapter 2. The king has a dream. That's right. And what does he dream? He dreamed something he couldn't remember. And he asked all these wise men, magicians, all the who's who of Babylon to help him and to tell him not only what he dreamed, but also what it meant. Mm -hmm. And when he called them in, they couldn't remember. Well, they didn't know. And they told him so. And they said, no one can tell you this. Um, It's beyond our capability. And so he was going to have them all killed. And then this guard came to the home of some young people, Shadrach, Meshach, well, Daniel and his friends, and told them that they were to be killed. And Daniel asked why. They explained. And Daniel said, give me time. And God revealed the dream that he gave to the king to him. And Daniel went in and told him the dream. It's an incredible dream. Mm, It is indeed. And so, yeah, we looked at that dream where God outlined the history of the world from the days of King Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel all the way through to the end of time and beyond to the coming of Jesus. And so the king here once again is exposed to the God of heaven, mm. but he still hasn't given his heart and life. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he sees the evidence at the end of Daniel chapter 2. There he, he proclaims you know, that, that God is, is, is awesome, that God knows and he understands the end from the beginning and so on and so forth. Um, but he still doesn't give his heart to God. He's still holding out. Mm-hmm. And then what happens in Daniel chapter 3? That was last week. Yeah, last week. So then Daniel chapter 3, he decides to try and rewrite the future by making an image, not of different metals representing different kingdoms like Daniel chapter 2's dream, but all of one 
metal gold. In other words, his kingdom will never come to an end. And he issues a decree, makes everyone come and worship when the music plays, bow down before this image. But some people didn't do that. Those people, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, were thrown into a burning fiery furnace, which is an amazing moment in Bible history. But God preserved them in the fire. God himself, the Son of God, was in there with Mm. them in the fire, which is beautiful. The fire didn't harm them. And then again, he's brought to recognize that there is a God in heaven and he is all-powerful and he deserves all worship. Yeah, it's fascinating. If you want to read um, chapter 3 and verse 28 and uh, notice notice what um, the king says in chapter 3 and verse 28. Sure. Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him and they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. So isn't that interesting, you know, and it's familiar language because here in uh, at the beginning of chapter 4 as Nebuchadnezzar is sharing his testimony and once again we're going to discover that he has another dream. Um, but here at the very outset he praises God. Um, he, he says his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. <clears throat> his dominion is from generation to generation. And it's interesting that that is exactly how this um, chapter ends. It begins with praise to God and it ends mm-hmm. with King Nebuchadnezzar praising God and honouring God. And um, yeah. So they're really the two bookends of his testimony. The two bookends of his testimony are King Nebuchadnezzar praising God. In fact, if you want to read uh, the last uh, the last verse. We won't read the second last verse because that kind of gives away the story which we're going to go through. But if you want to read verse 37, the last verse of the chapter. Sure. The Bible says, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honour the King of heaven, all of whose works are truth and his ways justice. And those who walk in pride, he is able to put down. All right, so here we here we go here, here we get an inkling of what the of what the overall theme of this chapter is. And we discover that yeah, King Nebuchadnezzar he had an issue with pride. Mm-hmm. He was a very successful king. In fact, under his reign, uh, the size of the city of Babylon tripled. Really? Yeah, it tripled wow. under his reign. He's the one that uh, is the architect behind, uh, you know, the the famous hanging gardens of Babylon. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the seven ancient wonders of the world. And so, yeah, he 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 was a grand designer, grand builder. Today, you know, archaeologists have uncovered many bricks and um, inscriptions with Nebuchadnezzar's name. Uh, on them, and that Nebuchadnezzar was the the great builder of the Neo Babylonian Empire, mm-hmm. as today it's known. Mm, interesting. So this is really fascinating, and um, yeah, th- there's a lot of interesting language here, Sharice. So I looked up that word, you know, um, the, the, those terms, signs and wonders. Yeah, I was interested in that. Yeah, signs and wonders. Uh, that's fascinating language because um, in in the Bible, in the Old Testament, that that language is often connected with God delivering his children Israel out of Egypt. Yes. Through signs and wonders. Yes. And so King Nebuchadnezzar here he is saying that you know this is this is the God of Israel. Mm-hmm. This is the mighty God who delivers his people and he's seen deliverance mm-hmm. in the previous three chapters. Um, 
where where those three Hebrews and well four Hebrews, including Daniel, were delivered by God. Yes. I love that. Actually, it just reminds me of another verse sort of connected to this. Isaiah 8, verse 18, the Bible says that we are for signs and wonders in Israel mm. so that when God delivers us, all of us, we need delivering from sin and from this world. And when, as God gives us victory, it's like we are signs and wonders in this world of what He has done. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's true. And also here, he begins with um, peace. Yeah. Be multiplied to you. So the first thing that he wants for his people, for the world, is peace. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing because he was a man of war. He was. Well, he was ready to get rid of all the wise men in Daniel yeah. chapter 2 and their families. Yep. You know, he was ready to liquidate them all and he didn't care. And in Daniel chapter 3, uh, he's ready to put into the fiery furnace anyone and everyone who doesn't bow down to the image that he has set up. So he was a ruthless individual, but obviously there's a change that has taken place. Mm-hmm. And so and so that's really fascinating. So if you want to um, read this next section now from verse 4 all the way to verse 9. All right. The Bible says, I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream which made me afraid, and the thoughts on my bed and visions of my head troubled me. Therefore, I issued a decree to bring in all the wise men of Babylon before me, that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers came in, and I told them the dream. It's a bit different to Daniel chapter Mm 2. But they did not make known to me its interpretation. But at last, Daniel came before me. His name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God. In him is the spirit of the holy God. And I told him, sorry, I told the dream before him, saying, Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you and no secret troubles you, explain to me the visions of my dream that I have seen and its interpretation. Wow. So here, Daniel, as you correctly, um, sorry, King Nebuchadnezzar, he knows the dream. He has the dream. And now he wants to share the dream with his wise men. And so we're going to discover once again that the wise men are clueless or they do not want to share with the king what it is they think the dream is. I think they really don't know, as we'll discover. And we're going to find that Daniel once again is brought before the king and he is the one through God's help that shares with the king. So for the next part of this incredible story, um, sit back and stay tuned and listen to this beautiful song and we'll be back. God moves in a mysterious way His wonders to perform He plants His footsteps
Welcome back to Looking Up. I hope you enjoyed that beautiful song. Sharissa and I were listening in and uh, those words were beautiful, weren't they, from from that beautiful song, God Moves in a Mysterious Way. You picked up on on a sentence that is very powerful. <laughs> I did and I'm trying to remember how it all goes, but was it behind a, a frowning providence? Is a smiling face. Yeah. The smiling face from God. And, uh, and really, that is the, the message of the gospel. Uh, no, matter, no matter how dark it is, uh, the smiling face of God is always there, just like the sun. The sun is always shining, no matter how cloudy, how stormy it may be, the sun is always shining. And, and Jesus said that he is the son of righteousness, you know, he is the son of man, okay, S-O-N, but Jesus is always there for us. Mm, And so, beautiful song. So you're listening to Looking Up with Danny and Sharissa on this afternoon program, and we are journeying through Daniel chapter 4, and uh, this really is a, a chapter that beautifully illustrates God's mysterious ways in reaching the hearts. God has so many ways to reach people. And I love what we read earlier on, Sharissa, mm. where uh, in verse 2, at the end of verse 2, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar is the one who actually writes this chapter of the Bible. He's the author. It's his testimony. And he says um, at the end, he, he, he's, he's sharing in verse 2, I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. For me, up until now, he had seen God work Mm. on behalf of Daniel and his friends. But now he says, God has worked for me. And so I think this is really important in that, you know, God wants to work for all of us. It's wonderful to hear the testimony of individuals that have had uh, an incredible experience with God. But God wants every single person to have their own individual testimony. You know, God God is interested in uh, giving giving uh, a testimony. He's interested in revealing His love, His compassion, uh, His grace to each and every person. Amen. And so here we have the King, and we've read through verses four to nine. 
Um, what stands out for you, Sharissa, in these verses? Just how quickly life can change. <laughs> like he was there, he was like in verse four, he was at rest, he was flourishing, and then he had a dream and he was afraid and he was troubled, just just like that, you know. Mm. And that happens to all of us in our lives too. Sounds like the COVID year we had. <laughs> life was going along reasonably like normally. <laughs> yes, it does sound like 2020. Yeah. And it's interesting too that he went ahead and then asked the same people who already let him down in chapter two to tell him about the dream. Mm. He never. It's interesting he doesn't ask Daniel first. First, you yeah. would think that after Daniel chapter two, yeah, that his first port of call would be Daniel. Yeah, you know why? Why worry about the guys that don't have a connection with the God of Heaven? I mean, he's already acknowledged the God of heaven. He's seen the three Hebrews in the fiery furnace come out, um, you know, unscathed with the Son of God in their midst before that. Why not ask God right at the very beginning through Daniel? Mm -hmm. That's a good question, isn't it? Yeah, and I guess sometimes we do the same thing. We turn to God last instead yeah, of Yeah, instead of the first time. I mean, you think about when people are sick. Um, you know, as a minister, I have often um, prayed with and, and even anointed according to the scriptures, according to the book of James, chapter 5, where it speaks on, on the anointing service of anointed individuals. And, and often I will, you know, I will encourage them to seek the Lord first, uh, may that be our first port of call, not, not our last port of call. Yes, nothing wrong with going and seeing the doctor, mm-hmm. uh, nothing wrong with um, having an operation, nothing wrong with any of that. There's everything right with that. And God uses doctors, he uses medications and so forth. But the very first thing we ought to do in every and any circumstance is go to God. Amen. Go to God. Yeah. Look up. Look up, indeed. Look up. <laughs> look up before you look out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and it's interesting because here in the text, uh, it said, where was it? I picked it up. Um, yeah, verse 8, it says, but at last right. Daniel came before me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It could be, it could be, Sharissa, that he was afraid. <laughs> he was afraid that this dream Probably spelt true. bad news. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. It could be, you know, it could yeah. be. Um, and he knew that Daniel would share with him the honest truth. Yeah, that's true. And he didn't want to hear the honest truth. He went. He wanted to hear a smooth interpretation. That's mm. why he went to his friends. Yes, indeed. And, um, you know, also we've got to remember back in that day, uh, if you were a, a magician or an astrologer and you were to share bad news with mm-hmm. the king concerning a dream that he had, that could be the death of you. Because kings did not want to hear bad news mm-hmm. about themselves and about their kingdom. Mm-hmm. So even if you were going to share the truth, but it was bad news, it was going to be bad news for you. Often. That's the point. Yeah. So that, that's just how things worked back in the day. Now, there's another thing that I've picked up here, and this is the king, and he says to Daniel in verse 8, he says, um, in him that is in Daniel is the spirit of the holy God. Mm. And once again, um, in verse 9, he refers to Daniel um, through his Babylonian name, Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. You know, um, I I think of that phrase, the spirit of God in you. Mm. There There are several other passages in the scriptures where individuals, um, 
were referred to as the Spirit of God that dwells in you. Mm-hmm. One of them was Joseph. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Joseph. Um, we have... We have these words in Joseph 40, sorry, in Joseph, in Genesis chapter 41, verse 38, regarding Joseph, the Bible says, And Pharaoh said to his servants, so this is Pharaoh, this is the king of Egypt, Can we find such a one as this, speaking of Joseph, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? Hmm. And Joshua as well. You know, the Lord said to Moses, this is in Numbers chapter 27, verse 18, regarding Joshua, take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him. So this idea of having the Spirit of God in us is something that is available to all. Amen. Daniel, Joseph, Joshua. So how can we receive the Holy Spirit? We have to ask. Yes. Invite him and open our hearts to him. Absolutely. And um, and do you need to do something in order to have the Spirit of God? Is there is there some some kind of um, thing that you've got to go through? Or, or is it as simple as just opening your heart and praying? I think it's as simple as that. Yeah. We complicate some of the most simple things, I think, sometimes. But, yeah, the Bible says ask. Mm. Pray and ask him, and he will come into your heart. Mm. I think of I think of the story of Nicodemus, Jesus and Nicodemus in John chapter three, and Jesus said to Nicodemus, "Unless you are born again, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven." And he said, "You need to be born of water, you know, which we understand to mean baptism, water baptism, and the Spirit. You cannot enter into the kingdom of God." How important is the work of the Holy Spirit. How important is it that we are baptized with the Holy Spirit? We speak of that. The Bible speaks. How important is that? Because Daniel was obviously baptized with he the Holy Spirit. Filled, he yeah. was filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit day by day. I think this is a really good point that you're you're dwelling on here because it's essential. We cannot, of our own strength, and go through this life and be untroubled by life and, and walk with God unless He lives in our hearts, unless we invite the Holy Spirit to live in our hearts. That's the other thing I just noticed while you were saying that there, that it says that Nebuchadnezzar acknowledged not only that he had the Spirit of the Holy God in him, but because of that, no secret troubled him. Mm. He had peace because he had God's presence in his life. So, yeah, we really need the Lord to fill us with His Spirit in these days. Amen. And so uh, the Holy Spirit is available to each and every person. In fact, uh, the very first thing that we read in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, it says the Spirit of God hovered over the waters, Mm. you know, over this world. So the first thing that we learn about God in the Bible, in the beginning God created the world, in the heavens and the earth, and the Spirit of God was hovering over, we we understand from scripture that God's Holy Spirit is is there and, and the Holy Spirit is engaged in the world right from the very beginning of it, even before creation took place. Mm. Even before God said, and let there be yes. light. We have the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting, Sharissa, you've got to check tell this me, out. Me, this is me. amazing. So that's how the Bible begins with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Okay, hovering over the earth. Revelation twenty two seventeen, one of my favorite scriptures. Revelation twenty two seventeen. If you get there before I do, Sharissa, why don't you read that out? 
This is God's final invitation in all of Scripture. This is absolutely powerful, absolutely Mm -hmm. powerful. God's final invitation in Scripture, Revelation 22, 17. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come, and let him who thirsts come, whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Wow. Come, come, come. Come, come, come. Three times. <laughs> Three times. And uh, could this be the Father, Son, the, Son, the Holy Spirit, Spirit. Um, saying come? Yeah. So my dear friends, wherever you are listening from, we want to encourage you. We want to invite you yes. to come. The invitation is there. Come, come, come. And the good news is, Sharissa, if God could reach King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, who was a ruthless king, a ruthless monarch, he can reach everyone and anyone. There is hope for all. And so we praise God for that. So I hope you're encouraged by that. And um, yeah, this story has just so many lessons for each and every one of us. So that was one of the big lessons that I, I picked up on. And, and it's interesting, probably just, just on that, if I could just add a word to that. Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, he had the evidence that the Spirit of God dwelt in Daniel. Mm. Just like... Pharaoh had the evidence that he the saw the Spirit fruit. Of God. Ah, that's exactly where I was going. That's exactly where I was going, the fruit. And what is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. Amen. And that's found in Galatians? 5, 22 and 23. Amen. She knows her scriptures. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. And so, and so if we have the Holy Spirit in us, the fruit will be evident. That's right. Yeah, because sometimes people try to manufacture those fruits without the Holy Spirit, and it's like plastic fruit. <laughs> That's exactly right. So when, the Holy, when we're abiding in Christ and, and we invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts, then those fruits just naturally develop in our lives. That's right. So when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's fruits mm-hmm. flow out of us. So we are filled in order that the Holy Spirit may flow out from us into others. Mm-hmm. And so the blessing continues. So that's very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there's a lot more there that we could look at, but we'll, we'll press on with this story. So we're in verse 10 now. So if you'd like to read verses 10 to 18, Sharissa. These were the visions of my head while on my bed. Nebuchadnezzar says, I was looking and behold a tree in the midst of the earth and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong. Its height reached to the heavens and it could be seen to the ends of all the earth. Its leaves were lovely, its fruit abundant and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it. The birds of the heavens dwelt in its branches and all flesh was fed from it. I saw in the visions of my head while on my bed and there was a watcher. A holy one coming down from heaven, he cried aloud and said thus, Chop down the tree and cut off its branches, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts get out from under it and the birds from its branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump and roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let him get graze with the beasts on the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from that of a 
man, let him be given the heart of a beast, and let seven times pass over him. This decision is by the decree of the watchers and the sentence by the word of the holy ones, in order that the living may know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men, gives it to whomever he will, and sets over it the lowest of men. This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now you, Belteshazzar, declare its interpretation, since all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known to me the interpretation, but you are able, for the spirit of the holy God is in you. Wow, <laughs> that is that is the dream. What a dream that is. And so right at the end, once again, we have the king uh, making that statement. We know that you are able because the Spirit of God dwells in you. So we're going to unpack what this dream is as God um, shared it through Daniel. So, folk, uh, I want you to sit back, enjoy this music, um, this beautiful song from Josh Garrels for you. Sit back and we'll be back with the interpretation of the dream. I'm down to tell you But you can't bear to hear me now In a little while I must move on But I'll send my love to you And you can't call my name Welcome back to Looking Up. You're with Danny and Sharissa, and you've been listening to Josh Garrels for you. I hope you enjoyed that song. We have been um, journeying through this incredible testimony of 
the most powerful man in the then known world, King Nebuchadnezzar, who lived some two and a half thousand years ago, who was the brilliant architect of the city of Babylon, one of the greatest cities of all time in all of human history. And so here, this we are reading through his testimony of his conversion from worshipping himself to worshipping the God of heaven. And so we have been uh, going through chapter 4, and we are now looking to unpack this dream as, uh, as the king shared it with Daniel. So Sharissa, we, we discovered this incredible dream that starts off with uh, the king seeing a tree mm-hmm. in the midst of the earth. That was great, and it, it was it height was reached to heaven. Height reaching to heaven. Now a tree. Yeah. Thinking, what on earth is a tree? Well, symbolism <laughs> is being used here. We see lots of trees. <laughs> we do see lots of trees. Now symbolism is being used. Now in the Bible, the tree is often used as a symbol for a very righteous person, like in Psalm chapter one verse three. It's uh, spoken of there uh, as, you know, the tree, you know, the righteous are like the tree planted, you know, by the river. And they continue to, you know, to flourish no matter when. Or a tree can also symbolize in Scripture a very proud person. So a righteous person or a very proud person. And the Scripture there is in Isaiah chapter 2 and Isaiah chapter 10. We won't take the time to read those verses, but... If you're interested, you can look them up and you can check that out. Now, uh, a tall tree, as I pointed out, a tall tree, as I discovered as I was doing a bit of um, reading and research, uh, I discovered is a symbol of of high human pride. Mm. So the taller the tree, and if pride is the symbol that it is being used for, it means the pride is really high up. And it reaches unto heaven. Hmm. And really, this is this is King Nebuchadnezzar. Hmm. He was a very proud monarch. And we know that based on um, you know, based on the boasting that he did, based on, you know, all the inscriptions that we have yeah, from him. Thousands of mud bricks that Absolutely. bear his name. <laughs> Absolutely. And many inscriptions regarding um, how wonderful and how great Babylon is that that he built and so forth. And in fact, it's it's interesting. There's an inscription. I'm not sure what museum that it's housed in, but there's an inscription from King Nebuchadnezzar regarding this idea of of all the you know of all the animals sheltering under this tree that we have in the dream. And this is what it says. This is written by King Nebuchadnezzar under its everlasting shadows. He's speaking of Babylon, his kingdom. I have gathered all the peoples in peace. So, you know, he, he, he believed that, you know, he was, he was the be-all and end-all for everyone. Um, he was just the person that everyone needed, and without him they could not survive. So he was the one that brought peace to the world. And it's interesting that, yeah, there is a holy watcher. Now, who would this holy watcher be? An angel. An angel, yeah. Well, we, we don't quite um, know if it is an angel or if it is a... Uh, uh, a revelation from God Himself, um, because we have we have instances of both, uh, but definitely this is a, a divine being, or one of the you know one of the 
leading angels, you could say, because there seems to be in heaven, according to scripture, there are angels, there's like an order of angels. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got, you've got the angels that are right there, uh, in the thr- you know, right there in the midst of the throne of God, those two angels, seraphim, and then you just cherubim, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's interesting. Now, it talks about the stump and the roots. What, what's that all about? Yeah, the tree was cut. <laughs> it was cut down, but the roots were left in. Yeah. And uh, and a bit of a stump and the roots. I, I, I looked at them and I thought that's interesting and um and all I could um all I could think of was that there is hope. Mm. There is hope for King Nebuchadnezzar because we know that when you pull something out by the roots, it's it all can over. Grow back, yeah. Exactly. But if you leave the roots in Yeah, it can grow back. It can grow great. Yeah. Did you say that? I got it wrong the first time. Oh, okay. I got it right the second time. <laughs> it can grow back. And um and that and that's what and that's what the and that's what the roots are a symbol of. The the in scripture, there's a number of scriptures. Um we won't take the time to look at them, but in Job chapter fourteen, mm. verse seven, Isaiah six, verse thirteen, and chapter eleven, verse one, um, that that represents hope and restoration. So having the the roots remain represents hope and restoration. So God here is telling Nebuchadnezzar, there is hope for you. Mm. You know, restoration is on the way if you also choose it. So that's that's really interesting. Now, bound with a a band of of iron and bronze. um, Yeah, these these two medals, according to Scripture, are a symbol of captivity. So God is saying, hey, Hmm. you know, you're you're going to be captive Mm -hmm. for a time. And I'm going to do that. Uh, I'll I'll allow that into your life in order to enable you to come to your senses. And he even tells him how long that time will be. Yeah, how long will it be? Seven times. Now, what does seven times mean? Seven years. Seven years, yes. You know, I have a friend, uh, she's got an Arabic Bible. Uh-huh. And it's interesting because every time it says times in the English Bible, it's rendered as years in the Arabic. So it mm. would say seven years. Yeah, because we, we have a prophecy, don't we? Um, time, times, and half a time. That's right, a time, times, and half a time, and that's um, the 42 months yeah, or three and a half years, uh-huh. 1,260 days. So, yeah, we know that a time is a year. So this was to take uh, place over a, over a seven-year period. Now, seven is a very interesting number. It's a good number. Yeah, it's God's number. Amen. It's God's number. Do you know what? I discovered it's, uh, it's, it's a number. That means uh, judgment hmm. as well as a number that means purification. Hmm. So here we have God allowing judgment, discipline to come Nebuchadnezzar's way in order that he may purify him. You think of the seven in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 3. The furnace seven is times hotter. Yeah, seven times hotter in Daniel chapter 9. We have 70 times, Mm, seven, seven, yeah, Yeah, given as far as the 490-year prophecy, which we're going to look at Mm -hmm. in the coming weeks. We're going to go to Daniel chapter 9. That's a fascinating prophecy. So, yeah, so that's really, really interesting, that number seven. Mm -hmm. Then also we have here in verse 16, I thought this was really fascinating, um, just this first word in verse 16, let his heart be changed. Um. And then it goes on, you know, let him be given the heart of a beast. Let. It's almost as if God is saying, I am giving uh, 
King Nebuchadnezzar an opportunity to see his, you know, to see the error of his way. I'm going to let him come to a point where he will acknowledge, you know, who he is, who I am, that I want to save this man. Mm-hmm. And also sort of like he's going to let him bear out or receive the consequences of his choices. Mm. He chose this path. He did. And this is where it leads. It's interesting because in Romans chapter 1, there where God uses um, the language of, um, I was looking at it today where God says, and God gives up those you know, who, who remain in rebellion, who, who do not want to repent and turn to God. God has to give them up. Mm-hmm. He gives them up to idolatry. He gives them up to sexual immorality. He gives them up to, you know, the, the, the ways of the enemy, sadly. He lets them. He lets them. He let, and it's not that God wants to. No. It's not that God wants to, but he must honour our freedom to choose. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's very much at the heart of this of this chapter where God is seeking to he's seeking to reach Nebuchadnezzar, he's seeking to reach him in 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 order to save him. Yeah. Just on that note, just thinking we have two choices there too. Like we can let our passions, our opinions, our pride rule us, or we can let God be Lord of our lives and let him take control. And it reminds me of a verse in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And it goes on and describes the humility of Jesus. We can let that that humility, mm. the life of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, to live in our hearts. Completely different story to letting it is. Um, it Pride is absolutely, and we're going to look at that um, because that's an important, uh, a very important theme in this chapter. Now, if we continue with this um, uh, story, Daniel here explains the dream, mm-hmm. explains the dream to the king, and he also explains to him what the consequences will be. So mm-hmm. he gives him an option. So if you want to read from verses nineteen to verse twenty-seven. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was astonished for a time, and his thoughts troubled him. So the king spoke and said, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or its interpretation trouble you. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, may the dream concern those who hate you, and its interpretation concern your enemies. The tree that you saw, which grew and became strong, whose height reached to the heavens and which could be seen by all the earth, whose leaves were lovely and its fruit abundant in which was food for all under which the beasts of the field dwelt and in whose branches the birds of the heaven had their home it is you O king who have grown and become strong for your greatness has grown and reaches to the heavens and your dominion to the end of the earth and inasmuch as the king saw a watcher a holy one coming down from heaven and saying chop down the tree and destroy it but leave its stump and roots in the earth bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field, let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let him graze with the beasts of the field till seven times pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High which has come upon my Lord the King. They shall drive you from men. Your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field and they shall make you eat grass like oxen. They shall wet you with the dew of heaven and seven times shall pass over you till you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. And inasmuch as they gave the command to leave the stump and roots of the tree, 
Your kingdom shall be assured to you after you come to know that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be a lengthening of your prosperity. Wow, thank you so much. So here we have Daniel uh, recounting the dream, but also giving the interpretation. And we have Daniel sharing with the king where his pride will ultimately lead him. Instead of going higher and higher, Mm -hmm. he goes lower and lower until he becomes an animal. Um, It says that uh, he would would eat the grass like the ox. And do you think this is symbolic or do you think this is actually real? I think it's real. But it is real. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just an amazing thing. It is real. I, I check this out. I check this out. I There's a condition mm-hmm. known as boanthropy, boanthropy. Uh, B-O-A-N-T-H-R-O-P-Y, boanthropy. And it's a psychological disorder in which the sufferer believes that he or she is a cow or an ox. Hmm. And um, so those who suffer, um, it's very rare. It's very, very rare. But, they, yeah, they they... <laughs> They walk around on, on all four. Talk and, about coming um, down. <laughs> yeah, talk about coming down. So we're going to we're going to look at that a little more because there's a very important lesson. But in the meantime, we're going to be listening to a story about a tree from the Lesser Light Collective. And the title of the song is I Saw a Tree. So that's based on this story. Sit back and enjoy. I want to hear it. Listen to me, people, I've got a tale As tall as the trees and as true as I've failed God has done wonders, done wonders for me He's rescued my soul with visions and dreams I saw a tree Standing tall above the earth And it gave food and shelter For the beasts and the birds But they said cut it down, cut it down, cut it down This high elevation has gone to his crown Daniel, my friend, he told it to me straight Oh, king, cut it out and the axe may be stayed Start living right, man, look out for the least Quit acting like one or you'll end up a beast I saw a tree Standing tall above the earth And it gave food and shelter For the beasts and the birds But they said cut it down, cut it down, cut it down This high elevation is gone to
You're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right. And if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun. So catch you then. I'm Robbie Bergen and I'm inviting you to tune into my brand new show right here on Faith FM, The Faith Experiment. Join me as I share with you my personal experiment with faith and how September 11, 2001 helped shape my worldview. I've got great giveaways, so join me on Mondays right after The Breakfast Show right here on Faith FM.
Welcome back. Beautiful song, Peace in mm. Trusting the Lord. And uh, Sharissa, that's really what it's all about, isn't it? Amen. We have complete peace when we put our faith and trust in the Lord. Uh, we've been journeying through the testimony of King Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 4, and he, in fact, begins with that word, peace. Mm. Peace be multiplied to you in the very first verse as he shares this experience, uh, this testimony of how God reached him. And, you know, before we went to the break, we discovered that God had to allow King Nebuchadnezzar, who wanted to go up, 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 he wanted to rise all the way to the very top. You know, he was very boastful, very proud. And the only way God could reach him was to bring him down, was to to allow him to eventually um, have a mental disorder that we, we made note of, uh, boanthropy, where an individual uh, believes and thinks they are an ox or, an, or a cow. And, um, and away they go. They eat grass, and, um, and that's what he was to experience for seven years. This reminded me before he came to his senses, and it's interesting that in the New Testament, we have Jesus telling the story of the prodigal sons. I call them the prodigal sons. And the Bible says when the younger son, the one that left his father and he was away from home, the Bible says when he was in the pig pen, mm. he came to his senses. Yeah. And that's when he decided to return home, to repent and to return home. And Daniel here, um, he encourages the king. He encourages the king to, to repent. He encourages him to, to turn away from his pride and from his wickedness. And in verse 27, you read it earlier, he says, Therefore, O king, let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous mm. and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be a lengthening of your prosperity. In other words, um, if you if you repent and you change your ways, uh, this does not need to happen in your life. Yeah, he was being very faithful to God here in speaking these words. And the other thing that strikes me as I look at him is that Daniel had a heart for the king. Like he actually mm. cared about. Oh, he him. loved the king. He loved the king. He wanted the king to be saved. And he knew that the king would have known and mm. sensed the love and concern in Daniel's heart for him. Yeah, you sense they have a very special relationship, mm -hmm. Daniel and the king. And Daniel and the next king that we're going to look at um, in Daniel chapter 6 in a couple of weeks' time, they also have a special bond, uh, this time the Medo-Persian. Now, there's a, a powerful scripture here uh, from the book of Isaiah, chapter mm -hmm. Isaiah 1, verse 16 to 18. Could you read that for us? Because that really fits in with with what we've just looked at. Sure. The Bible says, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. Wow. And verse 18? Verse 18, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Wow. So God wants to, God wants to save us. He wants to cleanse us. He wants to set us free. He wants to, yeah, he wants to make us white as snow. That's a beautiful promise. So there's hope for each and every one of us, no matter what we've done, where we've been. doesn't matter how low we have gone. In fact, sometimes the lower we go, the more God is able to reach us. Uh, 
And so this is where we go to next, Sharissa, in the, in the story. If you would like to read uh, verses 28 to 33, now we have the fulfillment of the dream. All right, here we go. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke saying, Is this is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you and they shall drive you from men and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. And verse, I reading to? verse 33 as well. <laughs> verse 33. That very hour the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nail like bird's claws. So there you go. So this is a real story. There's no symbolism here. He actually became uh, so mentally deranged that he became like an animal. Um, he lived like an animal for seven years. Incredible. So, unfortunately, uh, his dream was fulfilled. Um, it wasn't God's plan, eh, to reach him. God wants to reach us in uh, in a in a gentle way, but at times he he has to allow us to to suffer uh, the consequences of our actions in order to reach us. And so, the Bible says that in verse thirty, it's interesting. Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar there. He says, is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal, for a royal dwelling by my mighty power for, and for the honour of my majesty. There's a lot of eyes and mys mm. um, there, and it's all about me. Mm-hmm. Who does this remind Didn't you of? Didn't I make yeah. Babylon great again? <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? This, is, um, this really is at the heart of pride. Yeah, I, 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 I. self, self, mm. and um, you read from Isaiah earlier on, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. He was simply following in the footsteps of the first, yeah, rebel who chose his way rather than God's way, who wanted to ascend higher and higher and higher. So if we read, uh, this is interesting because um, in in Isaiah 14, um, there's a a lamentation here concerning the the king of Babylon. Okay, so it starts off with the literal king of Babylon. And then we move into uh, a spiritual king of Babylon. And you want to pick it up in verse 12. So if you want to read verses 12 to 14 of Isaiah chapter 14. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farther sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Wow. Talk about the similarity. I, I, I. It's all about I, I, I. Five times yep. we have in this passage. And this is uh, Lucifer, who that was, that was Satan's original name, Lucifer, meaning light bearer. And so he wants to go higher and higher and higher. But in verse 15, it says, 
Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, that is to the grave, to the lowest depths of the pit. So he wanted to go higher, 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 but ultimately he ends up going to the lowest point. Mm. Yet Jesus, let's take a look at Jesus here. This is incredible. Have a look at the the the, the incredible comparison here. The the complete well anti- contrast. Contrast. The antithesis. Yeah. Um, in Philippians chapter two, and if you want to read verses five to eleven. All right. So this is beautiful. Let this mind be in you, which also, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue oops I got carried away (laughs) that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow so here we have it it's just as clear as the nose on your face Um, (laughs) we have Sorry. <laughs> oh, Never boy. thought about it like that before. You have you have Lucifer who wants to go higher and higher and higher and he's brought low and Jesus who was willing to go down, down, down and five times. Five times he steps down. Five times he steps down and then he's raised up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really, it's really interesting because um, there's a couple of scriptures there's many scriptures on this. Uh, Jesus spoke of, you know, blessed are the, are the meek, mm-hmm. for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. And all the way through the Old and New Testament, we have a number of scriptures. Um, there's a couple that I just want to point out from Proverbs, that book on wisdom, Proverbs sixteen eighteen. This one is well known to many uh, Christians who read their Bible. Pride goes before destruction mm-hmm. and a haughty spirit before a fall. That's one. And the opposite is this, Proverbs 15, 33, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom and before honour is humility. Mm-hmm. So the fear of the Lord is 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 what's important and that, and that brings about, um, and so we go up, we go up. And it's interesting that the King Nebuchadnezzar, he's walking along on his roof, just like David was walking along on his roof when he fell. Uh, from grace. Mm. And so, yeah, careful what you're looking at when you're walking along on your roof. When you're feeling on top of the world. When you're feeling on top <laughs> of the world, indeed. All right, now, Sharissa, we need to we need to bring this to an end. So here we go. Here is the, the testimony of praise from Nebuchadnezzar. He began with a praise testimony and he ends his letter with that. So if you want to read the rest of the chapter from verse 34 all the way to the end, Two verse 37. And at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me, and I blessed the Most High and praised and honoured Him who lives forever. For His dominion is an everlasting dominion, and His kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to His will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain His hand or say to Him, 
What have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me. I was restored to my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, all of whose works are truth and his ways justice, and those who walk in pride he is able to put down. Wow, so here is uh, the conclusion of the matter, as Solomon would say. And we have King Nebuchadnezzar here giving honour and praise to God and recognising, finally recognising, that those who walk in pride, God is able to put down, and those that put him first and foremost, he is able to raise up. Amen. And he gives all the glory and the honour to God. Mm-hmm. And this is this is the experience of a converted heart. And one of my favorite scriptures is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, where, where Paul writes, If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Um, he says, The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. That's my husband's favorite. Is it? Yeah, he loves that. It's a great scripture. And so, folk, wherever you may be in your journey, Sharissa and I, we want to encourage you to look up. Look up because there is always hope. No matter what you have done, where you have been, how far you have fallen, Jesus is there ready to pick you up. And you know what? The lower we are, the closer we are to the feet of Jesus. Mm. And there is no safer place than being at the feet of Jesus. That's where Mary found herself, at the feet of Jesus, where she found forgiveness, where she found reconciliation and restoration. So my dear friends... Wherever you may be listening from, I want to encourage you to look to Jesus, humble your heart, come to him as you are, and he will lift you up. He'll restore you, and he will save you for his kingdom, just like King Nebuchadnezzar. Amen. Amen. And so um, it's a great story, a fantastic story, and I hope and pray you enjoyed and were blessed um, as we journeyed through this wonderful testimony of King Nebuchadnezzar. Sit back now and listen to some beautiful music from Chris Rice, and we'll be back to complete our program in just a moment. Oh, love that will not let me go. I rest my weary soul in thee. I give thee back the life I owe. That in thine ocean depths is flow. May richer full. All my way, I yield my flickering torch to thee. My heart restores its borrowed ray, that in thy sunshine's blaze its day may brighter fairer be. me through pain I cannot close my heart to thee I trace the rainbow through the rain and feel the promise is not vain that morn shall tearless be
up my hand I dare not ask to fly from thee I lay in dust life's glory dead And from the ground there blossoms rest Life that shall endless peace Life that shall endless peace Welcome back, and uh, you're with Danny and Sharissa here on Looking Up, and we are in the final few moments of our program for this afternoon. Sharissa, we've had a blessed time in God's Word once again, haven't we? We always do. It's been a blessing as well. You brought out a beautiful insight from the story. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't see it, but there it was this staring me in the face like... As clear as the nose on my face. <laughs> do you want to do you want to share it with our listeners? This That's is just catch on. That nose thing. <laughs> um, yeah. So verse thirty four of chapter four says, and at the end of the time, I Nebuchadnezzar lifted my eyes to heaven, and I just said to Pastor Danny, I said he was looking up. He was indeed looking up. <laughs> looking up to heaven changes lives, and that's something we all can do. Indeed, indeed. And if you're wondering where on earth did we get this title, looking up for this program, based on the word of Jesus who said when you see confusion and commotion and chaos gripping this planet look up because that means your redemption is drawing near I am on my way so my dear friends we are nearing that midnight hour mm-hmm. and um, and it's not going to be a nuclear holocaust and it's not going to be a pandemic that's going to wipe out the entire world population or anything like that it's going to be the coming of Jesus and so as Jesus made his grand entrance into the heart of of King Nebuchadnezzar, he also wants to come into your heart and my heart. He wants to give us a new heart. And um, one of one of my favorite scriptures is from Ezekiel chapter 36, where God says, I'll put a new heart within you. I'll put my spirit within you and you will walk in my ways and you will do my will. So um, do you have anything else you want to sort of encourage the listeners with, Sharissa, before we have the giveaway? I just... I think what we've been saying all along here, just invite the Holy Spirit into your heart. Look up, invite God to come into your life. It's as simple as that, but doing so will change your life. Amen. And if you want to um, study the Bible with someone, if you want to continue, the, please give us a call. We would right. love to help you. you. Got anything that you'd want us to pray for you about? We're going to have a prayer in just a moment. Um, but what's the what's the giveaway for today, Sharissa? Uh, this is an excellent one. It's called The History of Tomorrow. Some things will never change and it's by a friend of ours, actually. We both know him, Julian Archer. Oh, yes, uh, great guy. If you've not heard of this book or read this book, you need to get this. It's for the first in, first served caller. Um, But yeah, an excellent book that talks about uh, how Bible prophecy foretold the history of tomorrow and uh, some of the things we've been talking about, but in greater detail as well in this book. So the first person to call 1-800-324-843 or 0491-064-669 will have that gift and that will be added to your spiritual library to help you 
um, in your journey. So, Sharissa, we have been blessed once again to to recognize how God is able to save, as someone said, from the guttermost to the uttermost, Amen. and that no one is beyond the grace of God. Amen. And so here is another story. Here is another exhibit of how God is able to um, reach out and restore and reform anyone and everyone. If he can do it for King Nebuchadnezzar, he can do it for each and every one of us. Amen. So we praise the Lord for that. I hope and pray that you have been blessed, my dear friends, wherever you have been um, watching from, well, watching from, no, wherever you have been (laughs) listening from. um, We're going to pray in just a moment, but just a reminder that the Drive Time Show with Gary will be following in just a few moments. But Sharissa, would you be able to have a prayer with us and for us and for each and every person listening in? Loving Father in heaven, thank you for this wonderful testimony of Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible. And we know that the same God who held open his arms to Nebuchadnezzar holds open his arms to each one of us. And we pray that each one of us would likewise look to you, that we would open our hearts to you and recognize that you are the King of all kings. We love you, Lord, and thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. So, folks, thank you so much for for joining us um, this afternoon on Looking Up. I hope and pray that you have been greatly blessed. And just remember, fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith looks up. Keep looking up. God bless you, and we'll catch you next time. Don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer all your cares He will cast Into the depths of the sea His love is always there for